Welcome to the Faith and Good Counsel Show, where we hope to inspire joy-filled lives through conversations at the crossroad of mental health, wellness, and faith. And now your host, Stacy Galino. I am so delighted that you're joining me here once again on the Faith and Good Counsel Show. I'm really delighted about a new guest to the show, a guest that I've had on my heart for an, actually a number of years, but we haven't had her on yet, but today is the day, and I'm thrilled to introduce to you Dr. Carrie Grass. Now, I'm going to tell you just a little bit about her, but then I'm going to have Carrie tell us about her a little more deeply, a little share a little bit about her heart um, and her, her journey into this uh, common uh, bond that we have of femininity and how we are called, how we are entrusted to live that out in the day and time that the Lord God Almighty has asked us to, to live and to love. And so Carrie is a wife and a mom first, and she is an, a prolific author. She is a blogger and a philosophy professor at Pontifex University. And y'all, I'm looking at that course. I'm hoping, I'm hoping and praying to the Lord that that might be his will for me because it also it speaks of beauty. <laughs> so it's not just just philosophical facts. It's beauty, and it draws me so deeply. So welcome to the show, Dr. Carrie Grass. It is a pleasure to have you on the Faith and Good Counsel show. Thank you. It's really a pl- an honor to be here with you. Wow. Well, I have been, as I mentioned, following your work for some time. You've got just fantastic books. Uh, I think the first one that I ran across was Nudging Conversations, where we have mm-hmm. family and friends who we are trying to to be a beacon to, to call back to the church. And then, of mm-hmm. course, there is the Marian Option. I was looking for that book just this morning in preparation. I've been looking for it, in fact, for the last several days until I realized old school that I am, I didn't have the hard copy book. I have it on Kindle. (laughs) So so I wanted to review some of that, but that book is so, so incredibly powerful. And then your work is widely available on uh, Helena Daily. So there's there's so much, so many places where people can access your work, and you've got a new book coming out, so lots to talk about. But I would like Mm -hmm. for you May we call you Carrie on the show today? Is that okay? Of course. Absolutely. Yes, and that's great. You, let's hear from you, and you tell us a little bit about yourself and what, what you would like for us to know here on the Faith and Good Council mm-hmm. show about you. Yeah, well, I grew up in Oregon, and um, it's obviously an incredibly secular state, and I went to uh, Catholic schools for, uh, I think, most of my um, grade school education, actually up through high school, and when I was a teenager, my father passed away. And it was one of those moments that I think was really defining for me in my life because at, up to that point I had I was fascinated by Fatima and I was fascinated by Lourdes and our family had planned a trip to Medjugorje and then my dad got sick and so we mm. um, we never went as a family but after he died I was able to go by myself with a high school group and uh, I think all of those things together was a real turning point in my life mm. to make me realize um, you know up until that point I had sort of been something of a rebellious child. And then after he died, you know, there was no one really to rebel against because yeah. he was gone and, oh. you know, my mom was grieving and she was, had, had taken over his business. So um, it suddenly became, you know, my life and my, I was responsible for my actions. And it was very clear to me that I, I wasn't happy in the direction I was going. And so I, I really clung to the Catholic faith. And even though I was terribly catechized, um, I, you know, I had no idea the difference between a mortal sin and a and a venial sin and all of that. Um, I just knew that, that the mass was a place where I just needed to be, and the rosary was really important. So, 
um, I stuck with those, and then eventually I, I started praying the rosary with this group of women that were all my, they were all my mom's age, and um, I kind of became their mascot, actually. It was Aww. pretty cute. They are really sweet, took me under their wing, and, um, and it was there that I learned about Marian consecration, and that really was hugely life-changing and transforming, and so I just kept going deeper and deeper, and um, but, uh, you know, of course, I ended up moving to Washington, D.C., and uh, getting a PhD in philosophy out here on the East Coast. But um, during that time, you know, I think that there, there, you can be catechized as a Catholic. You can understand the Church's teaching. You can understand Our Lady. But because the culture is so thick and because there, there's really no alternatives to really understanding how to be a woman in our culture, uh, it took a long time for me to sort of understand that a lot of the things that I was, was doing uh, you know, I was, I was just following the mantra, you know, I was trying yes. to be assertive and aggressive and ambitious and all of these kinds of things. And yet, um, a lot of them were really pushing people away, um, from my life, especially, uh, you know, uh, potential spouses. And at one mm. stage I finally realized, um, you know, the last four men I've dated, they have all married school teachers. Like what is it about school teachers? And so mm. I just started digging deeper and really trying to understand who, um, women are meant to be and, and why their complementarity is so beautiful to men and um, what it is that we offer instead of trying to mimic men. What can we bring to the table that's unique and edifying and really builds up the culture? And that's kind of where the, the journey that I've taken. I didn't intend to at all get into women's issues um, related to my PhD. In fact, I, I swore it off um, and said I never want to work in that field. And um, yet here I am. But I think part of it is because I, I, I love the idea of putting it in very simple terms that, that people can relate to instead of highly academic terms, which I think happens a lot um, in discussions about women in the church today. So um, that's kind of how I got here. Yeah, yeah. I think I think you're speaking to a complementary journey into femininity that that mm-hmm. at least where I experience it in women that I meet with of all ages, but women that are in let's say in our age group. I'm I was born in the earlier '60s, and mm-hmm. I've been fire hosed various ideas of what a woman is supposed to be. And it's really been a struggle and a battle, both in my home and outside my home, I would say. Mm-hmm. My, my life story has been uh, comparatively very different than yours. But mm-hmm. not knowing this, how to be a woman, what does it truly, truly mean? And you keep you know, following this rabbit hole or that rabbit hole mm-hmm. b- with the best of intentions. And yet there's this right. this depth within our hearts of what is it? Because I want what is really true. I want what it truly, truly is. And having these competing, at least in my own experience, competing what I now see as gifts of humility and weakness and a draw towards virtue, weakness in a holy mm-hmm. sense, right? These, these these things that our faith teaches us, which I knew nothing about growing up because I didn't grow up Catholic. But still, there there's so many cultural voices, and I did similar things like being assertive and, and ambitious, and mm-hmm. and it is, mm-hmm. and, and without meaning to, trying to be manly, just having no mm-hmm. idea. There's a hunger right. in women's hearts of our age group and even older of looking back now and going, what were we doing? What mm-hmm. were we doing? Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the, been the draws for me personally, and as I recommend your work to other women who I'm speaking with. The, it it is really giving us that opportunity to look back and to make sense of some of these things and to actually bring mm-hmm. some healing, some healing. Yeah. 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 No, absolutely. And I think that, that women have these incredible gifts that we've just covered up. And as soon as I started digging into them, you know, it was one of these things where I just, 
I felt like a whole person again, you know, that, oh, I don't have to be all of these other things that I've been told I need to become. I don't have to, you know, fit that round, that square peg into a round hole anymore. And, and it, it really was this new freedom um, to, to exercise some of these gifts that I knew were there from, you know, as a young girl, uh, being compassionate and sensitive mm-hmm. and caring and um, just loving people yes. and, and in a very different way than, than what I had been taught. And so it was, mm-hmm. it was very liberating, I think, too, in that yeah. respect. You know, you mentioned that you grew up in Oregon, and mm-hmm. um, you mentioned that it is a, a, a very secular area, very beautiful area, but a very secular area as well. Stunning, yeah. yes. And mm-hmm. and what what was striking me though, as I was listening to you, is that you you certainly mentioned this this what I would call an earthquake in your life, just trauma, if you will, of losing your father so early, but having it be a turning point for you. And then these women, I kind of see myself in that older mom you know, yeah. uh, a right. world now of spiritual motherhood right. and actually embracing yes. that, that I could totally see yeah. myself doing that and taking this young, precious heart in who is hurting. And what a mm-hmm. gift that moment in your life in that mm-hmm. time was. And then to know about Marian consecration so early or what seems to be, I'm not yeah. sure the, the time frame, but it, yeah. what a gift that was that the Lord was just hearing your heart and, and providing mm-hmm. for you, even amidst that, that sadness, you know? Yeah, no, it was an incredible gift. I, I, and I was in college, so I was certainly at that stage where, you know, I was just going with what the world does, and um, so it really was another one of those huge turning points in my life. And yeah, yeah, absolutely, their spiritual mothering that they did, I, you know, I'll be eternally grateful for, uh, because it did really change the, the course of my life. And I think that there is a real yearning that young women have for this kind of mentoring, and it's hard to find these days because. Yeah. Um, women just don't see themselves in that role anymore. They think, oh, I don't have anything to give, or what would she yeah. want to hear from me? Yeah. Uh, and yet there's this deep, deep hunger for, for the wisdom that uh, that older women have to offer younger women. Yes, and I have that hunger too, and I also hear women saying that, and they don't, and I will put myself in that category, I don't even see my gifts, do you know? And mm-hmm. it's like it takes yeah. someone else right. to say, wait a minute, you know? But mm-hmm. we're all in this battle together. And mm-hmm. one of the things that we need, I would say, mostly what we need is to find Mary on the inside, which is one of the Mm -hmm. articles, these beautiful articles that you wrote uh, for one of the outlets whom you serve, the National Catholic Mm -hmm. Register. You had Mm -hmm. this beautiful article about finding Mary on the inside. And I've been walking this Mm -hmm. path, I would say intentionally now for maybe 10 or 12 years where there was an (laughs) intentional moment in my life due to a, a very deep cross when I went home and tried to understand what does it mean to be a woman. And it was, it mm-hmm. happened through a story that happened with one of my children. And so mm-hmm. that often I find is the way that the Lord will speak, because that's like yeah. our most precious gift besides our husband, our children, and you will mm-hmm. do anything for the healing of your children. And right. the, Mary just took my hand and she has been teaching me, but there's the more that I learn and the more that I immerse, there's still so much that I don't know. But I find that mm-hmm. that is, the story of every woman, and we mm-hmm. need to spiritually mother one another. So, how do we find mm-hmm. Mary on the inside in order that we mm-hmm. would see the call of God on our very lives to do just that? Be a spiritual sure. mom. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, for me, I think again, coming back to this idea of just what the culture is proposing versus what who Our Lady is. I mean, there's this huge chasm between these realities, you know, the modern woman versus who Our Lady is. So they're so radically different. And uh, so it, for me, it was really just, 
when I was coming back to understanding what it meant to really be a woman, and in fact, I remember um, I, w- I started listening to what men said when they, they didn't know you were really paying attention. Um, hmm. Not not necessarily eavesdropping, but uh, you know, I was working for men at that time, and it was easy to sort of get a sense. Um, and I, you know, I remember them saying something effective. Oh, she's just so sweet. And I thought, what is sweet? You know, what mm. does that even mean? I don't even know mm-hmm. what sweetness is. And um, so it, I, I think that between that that kind of virtue um, of of just being good to others, you know, sweetness doesn't isn't doesn't mean that you're a bubble headed person or that you um, you know are just very passive. It just it, what it actually means is that you have the capacity to dial into other people and see what their needs are and meet them sometimes even before they know that they have them. Um, And I think that that's a a key component that our lady certainly has. Um, There's the virtue of meekness, which is completely misunderstood. And here again, you know, people hear the word meek and they think doormat and um, it's quite the opposite. Actually what meekness is, is the capacity to really have control over your emotions and act according to how you want to act in your will instead of, being directed by the passion. So, you know, all these women that are just spewing emotion and rage and all of these kinds of things in our culture today, um, you know, that's, that's because they don't have the capacity. They don't have the virtue to be meek. And, um, Mm. so I think for me, trying to get closer to our lady really involved trying to understand who she was and what her virtues were. Um, and you know, humility is another incredible gift that she has and offers us. And yet, totally foreign to us as a, as a concept. Um, if you've been reading women's magazines or anything related to women in the last 50 years. So, um, I think that's one of the, the, the main keys is to sort of understand, well, who is Mary of Nazareth? What were her virtues? And then really try to press into them yourself. Because, um, what I found was that when I started to understand what these virtues really meant and how they, they were freeing virtues are, are, are tools that we can use. Vices are things that enslave us. Um, then it, then she starts making sense interiorly. She starts becoming, um, you know, not scary or not saccharine or not someone that's totally alien to us. Uh, but she, she start. you can really start appreciating these virtues that she offers the world and how, why she is truly the greatest model of, of Christianity, of Christian, um, living yeah. that the world has ever seen. Um, but again, it, it comes back to that sort of clearing house of, the old ideas of offered by the world versus re- rethinking and coming to understand what uh, what these virtues are. And I, I talk about this actually a great deal at, uh, in my book, um, Ultimate Makeover, The Transforming Power of Motherhood. And I actually go through the different virtues and vices and how um, we can actually even see some of what God has intended for us based on the vices that we have, because we're allowed, God allows a temptation against us in these areas because we have the capacity to grow in that area um, to grow great, become highly virtuous in that area. So, for instance, if somebody struggles with being honest, um, well, it probably means that they have a great capacity for truthfulness um, and, and you know, many others. But um, it can really be a great source of discernment to where God is leading us and the gifts that He wants us to, to really live in. Wow. Boy, that was very packed. <laughs> I have so many thoughts going <laughs> through my head. But you yes. Know- yeah, but one of the things that was kind of striking me as I was listening to you speak is is going back to your working with men. I also worked in, in several capacities, largely with men, and I actually preferred it just simply because mm-hmm. it was just easier, <laughs> you know, and I don't, mm-hmm. I'm not a person that enjoyed getting, I just wouldn't get involved with drama. And if you didn't get involved with right. drama, then you weren't, 
you know, in the clique and in the group. And that was just mm-hmm. fine with me. So men were easier. Mm-hmm. But I've had yeah. a similar experience where, and I, I've made note of that, just a quiet note, that that the gentleness, the sweetness, the kindness, I've even noticed that in my husband, that he, mm-hmm. he men respond to that in women. They mm-hmm. And I've come to learn, mm-hmm. of course, over the years that they need that from us. It's yes. that beautiful complementarity. Mm-hmm. But right. one of the, the things before we had to a break that was coming up for me as I was listening to you talk about sweetness and goodness and meekness mm-hmm. and, and the difference between modern woman and, and the virtues of Our Lady, in our day and time when so many people are so heavily traumatized, and if we think about mm-hmm. John Paul II's uh, statement, and I'm paraphrasing here from love and responsibility, but when we treat one another outside of who God created us to be. We do violence Mm -hmm. to the other. That really widens the definition of trauma. The last thing, the last thing, and I'll speak specifically from a woman's perspective and a woman who has been traumatized myself, the last thing that you want to be is meek and vulnerable, Mm -hmm. right? And so Mm -hmm. I think that 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 might be somewhere interesting for us to to go after the break and talk a little bit about that, how we can get the courage. It is a grace, I would think, Mm -hmm. but how we can get the courage to turn our, our, you know, in a a day and time of empowerment and control, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. who would even want to look towards meekness and gentleness and and goodness, right? Right. So so let's let's take a little break and ponder on that over the break, and then we'll come back and continue with our guest today, Dr. Carrie Gress. We'll be right back, y'all. Welcome back, y'all. Thank you so much for joining me here on the Faith Indian Council Show with our new guest to the show. We're getting to know Dr. Carrie Gress. I really already feel like I know you, uh, Carrie. <laughs> Really, because I've been following your work for so long. Why don't you, Mm -hmm. in this second here, tell people where they can get in touch with you, to connect with you, to find your work? Mm -hmm. The best place, really, is uh, sort of the clearinghouse is just carriegress.com. I try to keep my updated articles there and new books and new projects. And um, it also has a link to my new blog uh, called helenadaily.com, which is an aggregate site for women's content. Um, We love magazines. Women love magazines. And so... um, this is an aggregate site of just kind of the best faith uh, content, but also a lot of really fun practical advice that we found um, in secular magazines, but without um, kind of the trash that goes with them. So um, that's that's what Helena Daily is. One of the things I love about Helena Daily, I'm also a follower of Helena Daily on Instagram. It is mm-hmm. it is not directly or. Um, I don't know what the word would be. I, I welcome theology in your face, <laughs> loving theology, but it's it's just things out of beauty out in the culture that yeah, yeah. that mm-hmm. speak the Lord without directly talking about the Lord. Is that a fair statement? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think, and that's actually really intentional. We, um, I think, a lot of us. I know myself. I get tired of, kind of the heavy news cycle, yes. and um, I and I do find myself gravitating toward a magazine that I can just flip through. It's almost a way like a little break from life. Um, yes. I have a couple of subscriptions that I get and I just, you know, it feels like I'm, um, it's a bit of a respite. And so that's kind of the idea that we had behind Helena Daily was how do we bring these amazing, glorious, beautiful things that God has put in our lives without shirking the material? I think material stuff is incredibly important in the, a woman's life. And these are the tools with which we, that we use to help uh, edify our homes and, and bring holiness to the family. So we can't ignore them. We're not um, you know, we're, we don't believe in just the soul, but we've got to attend to the body as well. Um, so, yeah, the beauty around us is 
incredibly important. And and women love to learn new things. We love tips. We love fascinating pieces about history and whatnot. So why not include those two? So we're um, trying to fill kind of a big hole um, by looking at what secular media does and how that really attracts women, but at the same time doing it in a way that's beautiful and compelling and includes the faith um, to help edify us instead of denigrate us. Wow. And it really speaks to my feminine heart. I think that I think you're speaking today about why, because mm-hmm. we're whole persons and we're drawn to beauty. Right. And I spent a lot of time trying to snuff that back because that didn't sure. really that was not a valuable use of my time. But we were talking before the break. There's that whole, mm-hmm. you know, battle that we have internal torment sometimes from the traumas that we have suffered and it can be a very confusing journey. And I love what you were talking about uh, earlier as we we began to talk about Our Lady's virtues. How do we get there? How can we even open just a little crack, you know, to sure. get to desire yeah. that? And I, I think that's where the importance of Marian consecration comes in. And, um, you know, for those who aren't familiar with it, it's a 33, 34-day process, um, 33 days of of um, preparation. Then the 34th day, you actually consecrate yourself to Our Lady. And there's um, many different ways that you can do that. There's Father Gately has a book about it, but St. Louis de Montfort, of course, is the, the gold standard, the one that um, really propagated it to the world. But um, the the idea behind it, though, is really that you become uh, much more close to Our Lady as really a, a child, and you, get, you offer everything over to her. And I, I truly believe that that's where so much of my own healing came from. And because, it, like you said yourself, she, she takes you by the hand and she starts guiding you. And she brings you to places that you would never imagine that you could be in terms of either healing or people that can help you with healing, um, all of those things. And it just becomes this really beautiful journey where you can kind of see her, uh, you know, especially when you look back, like, okay, this happened because I needed help here and that happened because I needed help there. And, um, and you know, she's obviously, I think we don't think enough of her as a mother that is truly intent upon helping us as the, the, the best mother we can even imagine beyond our imagining, in fact. And um, when we can open up our hearts to let her do that, and it doesn't, you know, even if people can't, um, you know, there's so much brokenness, some people can't bring themselves to do something like a Marian consecration, even just asking for her help Mm -hmm. um, in a very sincere way opens that door. And certainly the rosary is part of walking there uh, to get to know it. I just read this gorgeous reflection about how um, Our Lady, when we're praying the rosary, um, she actually takes our hand and and mm. and reaches to the hand of God the Father and connects them mm. um, through that rosary. And um, so anyway, there's there's um, a lot that that she can do. I think that's probably the best place to start because then she knows exactly what the soul needs. You know, versus if I was recommending some kind of program like Alcoholics Anonymous. You know, there's so many different things, and yet Our Lady knows specifically what each soul needs and can direct them to the, the exact place instead of um, you know. Just giving a laundry list of places where people might begin um, right. to, to find healing. She's she's going to really do um, the deep the deep cleaning, like you know the good mother does. Yes, oh yes, and I can really personally attest to that. Just kind of looking back over the course of my life, always with an openness to what was true, but being really confused about what that was so for mm-hmm. for many many reasons, and and mm-hmm. not knowing, having no knowledge, in fact, being very afraid of who Mary was growing up and not and, and yet needing her so desperately. You know, first needing mm-hmm. to have authentic views of who God the Father, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit were. Right. And then the how Our Lady in much later life 
how Our Lady draws us to him. And again, it was through Mm -hmm. a, a situation with a child in my own motherhood that the Lord allowed to bring me to my knees and, and needing needing a mother, me, I needed a mother to help me. Right. And so yeah. I, that was that was the crack <laughs> for me, mm-hmm. you know? No, that's beautiful. And that's what we all need. I think that's, you know, the, this the incredible beauty and genius and brilliance of, of God, which, you know, kind of sounds silly to say, but um, because it's so obviously apparent, but... Um, the fact that he knew that we all need this mother, that it's it, it's got it has to have this balance, you know, this giftedness that he gave us at the cross, um, when yes. when Christ handed her over to us as as our mother, yes. um, it just shows the the um, entirety of the, the the beauty that um, God wanted to gift us with, that He was thinking about the whole thing, that we he knew we couldn't be orphans, but that we had yes. to have this mother who could really help us and show us the way, and she does. Amen. And, you know, one of the things um, in our last couple of minutes here that a large part of my work is focused in on taking people back to the original wound and and looking at what Mm -hmm. it was, what it was like before and what Mm -hmm. it was like after and what are the specific uh, areas that we struggle in? What are the what is the woundedness and so forth, particularly in the feminine heart and then looking forward to Our Lady and to see to seeing the connection there and helping people in the, certainly in the struggles that more day-to-day ordinary quote-unquote ordinary kinds of struggles but even up to the level of of trauma and then gently looking mm-hmm. back to kind of give it some connectedness there and then looking to mm-hmm. our lady mm-hmm. and to her virtues which again you I want to reference your article finding Mary on the inside learning how to live the blessed mother's virtues and your book the Marian option as well as ultimate makeover, those would be some really good references to do just that to kind of help people take mm-hmm. into prayer. Would you say? No, absolutely. I think um, that's exactly right because that's what, you know what she's going to do. She's going to offer us a new kind of model of femininity. And the, the amazing thing about Our Lady, uh, and I kind of just put all these pieces together a, a couple of days ago, is that we have all these desires in our heart as women. We have a desire to be beautiful. We have a desire to be honored or, and respected. We have the desire to to do good and to 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 be good, and um, you know, all of these things, all these desires of our heart, really come together when we are led by her. It's not that they're mm. something we have to extinguish or squash. In fact, they become deeper desires um, as we grow in holiness. And yet, she's kind of the model of all that. She has all of that to offer. I think we kind of think of her as very saccharine or one dimensional and yet um that you know the more we get to know her the more we know that there's mo- there's a lot more going on um that, that we can mimic and model wow and i love that we will never ever exhaust it there will always be more <laughs> for us to learn and there will always Truly. be more for us to learn to learn from you dr carrie gross i want to thank, oh, you thank you so much for being thank you yeah here with us on the faith and good council show i'm gonna have you back we're gonna talk another time about theology of home and so much more there's so much more that great that i would love to i you know what i need you from from a psychiatric psychological you know perspective we need theologians and philosophers to help us to collaborate together with us to ultimately mm-hmm. help human flourishing. And I, I, that's what I love right. so much about your work and specifically directed to the feminine heart. So thank you. Let us know. Oh, again. Thank you. Tell us again where we can get in touch with you, Dr. Carrie Gress. CarrieGress.com is the best place to start. All right. Well, thank you so much. God bless you. And until we are together, 
Till we are together again, my friends, Pax Christi. See you next time here on the Faith and Good Counsel Show. Bye-bye for now.